This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Primal Podcast. At Primal, hunting is more than just a hobby. It's a way of life. And whether you're an expert or just getting started, Primal can help make you a better hunter. Now, here's your host, Mike Avery. Welcome once again to another edition of the Primal Podcast. My name is Mike Avery, and this is a podcast that it is my pleasure to be involved in Primal Outdoors, a very interesting company, a company that is really, really making a mark in this hunting world that we all love so much. And why is that? Number one, they're making great products. They're making high quality products, and actually they're making them available at a very reasonable price. But the other reason that I think Primal is so uh, so uh, popular, aside from their leadership, is the people that they have chosen to partner up with. This time around, I get to talk to Charlie Wilsey. Charlie, a new friend of mine, a fellow Michigander, a guy that we had a chance to share bear camp in Ontario with last spring, and now we're going to share some hunting stories on this edition of the podcast. Charlie, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing great, Mike. Always, always great to be with you and talking with you. Oh, it is, it is a real pleasure. I think you and I have so much in common. The thing we don't share, uh, share, Charlie, is you have a tendency to consistently shoot big bucks, and that is a skill that has avoided me at least this season. <laughs> well, I'm pretty fortunate to get to hunt quite a bit, but all we can do is be out there, and if you're out there, you're giving yourself a chance to shoot a big, mature buck. Well, let's talk about your season so far, Charlie. Uh, how's it going? Well, a little bit different than the last four or five years. Um, I'm a county commissioner now up in Ogma County, so a few new uh, changes for this season, but still has been a, been a really interesting fall. Um, I actually started in Texas 
back in August, and I shot my first Axis buck. And what an experience that was. I shot a beautiful Axis buck in 111-degree temps. <laughs> <laughs> that's not deer hunting. That's uh, that's too warm even for fishing. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty intense. We, we were hunting out of the primal breeze blind, which is a great, great ground blind for hot weather. Gets real good airflow. And uh, we hunted hard, and uh, but it was a great experience. And them, them Axis bucks are beautiful, and, man, do they taste good. Well, several things to follow up on. Yes, indeed, that breeze design is the real deal. It does provide for better circulation. And at 111 degrees, you want all, all the air movement in there you can get. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's got all that bottom, the bottom air, four, four pockets, on uh, one on each side. And then the top is all open air. Of course, the rain fly, you know, to keep it dark in there over top. But it really does help a lot. And I, uh, leading from Texas, I went into early season um whitetail hunt in kentucky so i was there for the kentucky opener which was uh september 2nd i believe and uh it was 93 degrees the first <laughs> afternoon i was um on stand there and i was really happy that i was in a breeze that's for sure uh bob ransom the guy behind primal has consistently over the years continued to come up with these innovative and in this case cool uh, uh, actually cool designs. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Bob's always, you know, state of the art. He's doing something new. Um, I was really happy when he came out with the, the race 270, you know, that's a number of years ago. And then from there, he's just taken off with a lot of different designs and concepts. But seriously, for people that do early season hunting, I mean, even, you know, late season turkey hunting to hunt antelope out west over water holes, elk over water holes where you're just kind of sitting up, um, you know, they're, they're perfect. They really, really do um, help you be able to stay on stand longer in that hot, that hot weather hunting. You, you mentioned the Wraith. That is my favorite. That's my go-to, the Wraith 270 see-through ground blind. And, and Charlie, depending on when people listen to this podcast, they had a deal or maybe still have a deal where if you go to the website, primaloutdoors.com, that's primaloutdoors.com, and if you use the promo code AVERYFALL23, you can get one of those Wraith blinds for 130 bucks. Now, that's an unheard-of price. Yeah, that that price for the quality ground blind that you're getting is, is absolutely insane. I probably, Mike, had a dozen people reach out to me about that and take advantage of that. And uh, some of them have got their blinds, and they, they love them. Some are still are, you know in process of getting them. But for that price... For that quality of a ground blind. And I just want to real quick just tell you, so in the spring I shot a, a turkey with my bow um, out, of a, out of a Wraith 270. And we all know what turkey's vision can be. And that was over a clover field, you know, 28, 30 yards is where he was at. But that the turkey, you know, I had, I had a couple other jakes throughout uh, the couple-day hunt that I was on there. No one even had a clue that I was in that blind. <laughs> I mean, these blinds are the real deal. Where, now, did you also hunt from a wraith when we were up in Ontario this spring? Well, I was going to. I, I took some wraiths with me and visions with me and the and the and the breeze. But I was fortunate to to tag out on that first night. And I uh, remember we kind of all got into camp kind of late, so I was up in a in a ladder stand. Um, so I never did hunt any any else. I actually tagged out that first night. That's right. I forgot about that. Let me ask you this though. Well, I I believe you had a good experience there. Will you be going back to hunt with Ron St. Louis oh, again? Absolutely. 
absolutely. Yeah, I've been in touch with them. We're we got a crew, some of my Texas friends that we've been hunting with for three years. They're coming up now for that early June hunt, and we're stoked to get back there to White River. Ron and his boys are they're they're an amazing guys and a great outfit. Ah, uh, great, great place. One of my favorite places to hunt. And I bet this time you will be sitting in a in a uh, primal ground blind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. All the guys will be in a primal ground blind for that hunt. Hey, listen. So I want to go back to your fall hunting. You you mentioned the axis buck. I was on an axis hunt in Florida several years ago, managed to take a real nice buck. They're, they are indeed a beautiful animal, but I didn't get the chance to eat any of the meat when I was down there. I really missed out, didn't I? You did, Mike. So I've been hunting down in Texas for two, three years, shot a couple of really nice whitetails. I was fortunate enough to shoot a, an oryx last fall, uh, which is absolutely fantastic to eat as well. But when my buddy Josh down there told me that um, the axis is is better than elk i mean i immediately said well i want to shoot one of them because they're just absolutely beautiful but if they taste like that and they they are elk is my number one my family my young daughters could eat elk three times a week and access is is a tier above it's fantastic you mentioned the oryx too now that's also called a gems buck same thing right correct well they're they're a big critter Oh, they are. Uh, the one I shot was beautiful, beautiful, mature. He had 34-inch, 30, you know, it's, it's one real too long, you know, spikes, um, and they're spiraled. Just an absolutely gorgeous animal, and they taste just like elk. Are all of your hunts, Charlie, are they bow hunts? Do you hunt with a gun at all? I do I do a little bit with a gun, yes. Yeah, but majority of my hunting, 95% of it is archery. I remember last time we talked, or maybe it was even before that, one of your goals for this last year was to shoot a turkey out of a primal tree stand. Did you ever get the chance to do that? We did. We did. Me and my buddy Mike Myers were doing some turkey hunting um, in, in spring in Michigan. Um, I was fortunate to you know hunt a number of different states, and I shot a number of nice birds last spring. But that was my number one focus. And uh, we had a couple hunts. Uh, Mike was videoing for me, and I did get up in, uh, I was in a primal aluminum sky spy. And, uh, you know, we had some birds working, but never were able to get a bird to commit while I was in the air. So that's when I ended up, I, you know, got on the ground and then I shot my Michigan bird out of a race 270 over a, a clover field. So you said you went from Texas to Kentucky early September. It was warm. In fact, hot. Did you have any luck? Well, I had some great encounters. Well, one one of the greatest actual hunts of, of my entire my entire life. Mike, I sent you that buck of that that picture of that majestic buck that's all standing by himself. Mm-hmm. On opening night in Kentucky, I had him with two other 160 inch class bucks um, together. Uh, they came out about 45 minutes before dark. You know, hunt, I was hunting over standing soybeans. Had six other bucks in the field. And uh, it was, like I said, about 30 minutes before dark, and all of a sudden to my right caught my attention, and I had been really paying attention to the wind because I had somewhat of a marginal wind, but I was still okay um, for where them deer were coming into the soybeans, and we had does in there and some young bucks. I passed up some, you know, mid-120, low-130 bucks. This is opening night, you know, and I just got deer all over. <laughs> and about 30 minutes before dark, Mike, uh, the, one of the 160s pops out about 90 yards. And I'm like, wow, that's a beautiful buck. And then popped out right behind him, his buddy, another 160-inch buck. And then came the one that I sent you. And he went in full velvet, Mike. 
I thought I had just seen my first 200-inch whitetail while I was hunting. And my left leg, I was on a race, my left leg started jumping <laughs> like a like the 12-year-old first time I was bow hunting shooting a doe. It was amazing. And so they were at 90 yards. They popped out together. You could tell they were hanging out. They were buds. And it was just incredible. So I immediately got them in my binoculars, and I was just like, well, any of these three bucks, I would be more than happy to shoot. But, of course, that one that looked like 200 inches, you know, he just like, oh, my goodness, one of the biggest bucks I've ever seen. Well, that wind just at that same time was really starting to kind of switch a little bit, and it was coming over my shoulder. And all of a sudden, a few of them bucks and does that were in the soybeans more in front of me all of a sudden, they started acting funny, and mm-hmm. then three big bucks are watching them, and I'm just like, no, no, no. In a matter of five minutes, it was all over. Um, I hunted hard for another two days down there. Um, I've dreamt about that buck since. I, I was able to get down there on Halloween. I did an all-day sit and then had a family um, issue come up that I had to go back, and I wasn't able to hunt any longer. And I, as I know, that buck is still alive. Well, I'm looking at that picture that you sent me, and yeah, in in the velvet, of course, they all look impressive. But Charlie, how big is this buck? I mean, he 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 is massive. Yeah, you're you're looking at a I feel a six and a half year old, ultimate, extreme mature whitetail, um, probably mid 180 in, 180 inches. He's just got everything. He's perfect. You know, he's. He's tall. He's got width. His mass is incredible. If you look at his base, it's just just that buck you mm. shoot, and you're like, this is what I've dreamt about my whole life. <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking. As I see this picture and now hearing the story that you've had a close encounter with this thing, how do you get an animal like that out of your mind, or, or, or can you even do that? I can't. I couldn't. And, you know, I mean, typically for me with my schedule, you know, I'm pretty blessed that I can get back down there. And, you know, I was down there for them three days, and I ended up picking up uh, wild sumac. I don't know if you ever heard of that. That's worse than poison oak. So um, that was a really interesting three days. And then, like I was saying, with my schedule, I normally can, can jump back down, you know. I mean, the, the soybeans were still there for three more weeks. Them deer weren't being pressured. I just needed to have the right wind. And I was not able to get back down there. Um, and it just, I mean, every day it was it was consuming me. Uh, but that's why we do it, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's just, it's incredible. So I was able, like I said, I got back down there on Halloween, did an all-day set, uh, saw a couple young bucks. Uh, from what I hear, I think he's still alive, but nobody's seen him. Um, but just an absolutely incredible buck. Wild sumac. Now, I know what that is, but I didn't know it could make you itch like poison ivy or poison oak. Oh, it's, it's horrible, Mike. It's horrible. I last three years, I think I was telling you one of our conversations, because two years ago is when I got hooked on that early season. I shot my first beautiful full velvet mainframe 10 down there, and um, I picked up poison ivy or poison oak, and then I did the next year as well, trying to be careful. This year, I tried to be even more super careful and I ended up getting into this poison sumac after doing a little more research, and it just ate me up. Hmm. And I, I call it ESC, early season challenges. <laughs> between between that, the heat, the mosquitoes, I mean, you've got to be prepared um, to really not be that comfortable. That's that's the bottom line. Will <laughs> you burn a thermocell in a whitetail blind? Oh, absolutely. I uh, Well, when we were bear hunting that first night, I, I don't know if – 
you remember, I think I told you I was running two thermocells. Yeah, and I and I know I know because I've seen it many times that a thermocell yeah. smoke does not bother bears at all. But I no. guess my question is, does it bother whitetails? No, no. I three three years now, you know, been hunting that early season down there, and I I run them constantly. And uh, I haven't seen any issues with it. I'll tell you what, I, I am not, uh, I do not have Thermacell as an advertising partner. I have no relationship with those folks, but man, would I love to, because they're like a wraith, like Primal, Thermacell is the real deal. Oh, absolutely. And, and when it comes to that type of hunting, you just absolutely have, you have to run one. I mean, yeah. if, if you wouldn't, it, you would absolutely be just driven out of your blind or out of your tree stand because those mosquitoes are so bad at that time. <laughs> this is the Primal uh, Podcast. If you would like to learn more about Primal Outdoors, their products, the people behind them, check out the website, primaloutdoors.com. That's primaloutdoors.com. This time around, talking with the Charlie Wilsey. We will take a quick break and be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Have you heard of Primal Outdoors? You might know them as Primal Tree Stands, but the company is much more. Yes, Primal has hang-ons, climbers, tripods, and ladder stands featuring their famous jaw and truss locking system, but they also have ground blinds like my favorite, the Wraith 270 see-through blind. I've used that for deer, turkeys, and bear hunting. You can see out, but the critters can't see in. Or check out the breeze for warm weather conditions. And if you need lots of room, the new High Roller XL for multiple hunters or even a quad. Primal is now in the trail camera business too, but not just any cameras. Primal cameras are controlled remotely by your cell phone. That makes the Primal Blind Spot 360 perfect for watching your back while in the blind or a runway just out of sight from your stand. To learn more, go to the website primaloutdoors.com. That's primaloutdoors.com. Welcome back to the Primal Podcast. My name is Mike Avery, talking with Charlie Wiltsey. Charlie, you said something interesting before the break here. You're now a county commissioner. I mean, I know you as a businessman. You're now a county commissioner. You wear a lot of hats, my friend. I do wear a lot of hats, yeah. I was sworn in last January for beautiful Ogama County, and I, I love it. I love it. Well, Charlie, you mentioned Ogemaw County. I have hunted Ogemaw County before for whitetails, but the other day, a buddy of mine sent me a text. He said, hey, Avery, I just shot what I think is a five-and-a-half-year-old Ogemaw County buck. And I said, Brad, jokingly, I said, there's no such thing as a five-and-a-half-year-old Ogemaw County buck. He sent me a picture. It looks. I think they're going to age it at six-and-a-half, Charlie, a six-and-a-half-year-old Ogemaw County buck. That's impressive because I definitely see what you're saying, Ogama County. You know, I've been had ties up here forever. This is my grandpa Charles, who I was after, who I was named after, where he grew up, and I've got businesses up here now. And um, but yeah, it typically is one of these areas where we're fortunate to have a lot of deer, but especially during gun season, muzzleloading, we have a lot of hunters, and there's just never been uh, very good management. Charlie, the the Wiltsey name is a very well-known and very much respected name in Michigan. So how did you get from being this, this businessman 
into hunting to the extent that you are, and how did you get hooked up with Primal? Well, first off, I, I was very fortunate. Uh, my parents have been, you know, in the outdoors hunting forever. My mom, my mom used to hunt quite heavily. My dad's always been hunting. My grandpa, my my uncles. So I grew up as a young kid being out there with them. My I went to Ted Nugent Bow Camp for kids as an eleven year old. Mom and dad knew how important it was for me and my sister to get out in the outdoors, you know, buying us bow and arrows as being young. Shot my first deer with a bow when I was 12, but always had that support of my parents. And then I just kept, you know, I loved hunting, got into duck hunting heavy, heavy, heavy for a while, then got back into bow hunting. And my ties with Bob were, so in 2019, I got my first Iowa archery tag, the hardest archery tag in the country to get the hardest it typically takes about five years um cost almost eight hundred dollars for the tag but it's iowa archery i mean they have amazing public ground there so my good buddy phil gibbs who i also do am in business with um he used to work for bob at ameristep hmm. so we we were doing a bunch of hunting together phil videoed for me a lot in michigan and ohio got my iowa tag and I said to Phil, I go, Phil, you know, Bob was just starting Primal up. I said, let's put together a business plan. We put together a business plan for Bob and his crew, sent it to him. They liked what we were doing. Um, we did a little, little promo video. We went to Iowa that fall, spent uh, eight days basically on stand, dark to dark, you know, passed up some 130s, had a couple of large large buck encounters but just not in range and it all started from there i was we were really um pushing the the um uh primal uh blackjack it was a hang on stand and we hunted in that thing for seven days and uh from there on we just kept uh you know working with primal doing content for them and i've been very blessed to be able to do that you know since 2019 great company to partner with they are a great company, absolutely great company, great products, um, and they continue um, year after year, you know, to uh, to bring new products that definitely, definitely give the hunter um, a great increased chance of, of, of killing animals. You said eight days on a stand, dark to dark, in Iowa. Now, that a couple things come to mind here. Number one, what a wonderful opportunity, but also that sounds like a grueling experience. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely. I think it was day six, Phil told me. Um, he's like, Charlie, I, I'm I'm in this with you, whatever I can, but I, I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to him, I said, I understand, Phil. But uh, I've been, you know, I've actually before I've done nine days in a row, dark to dark. And it is, I talked to a lot of people about this. Um, it is by far, Mike, way tougher mentally than it is physically because mentally at any minute you can just say tell yourself that's it i'm getting down i'm done you know but you just got to fight through those moments because i have shot uh, in the last 10 years five or six very mature bucks between 11:30, excuse me 11:30 a.m and 2 p.m in the afternoon and the only reason i shot them bucks because i was committed 100 percent to all day sets um, but again, it is so much harder mentally than it is physically. But if you have the good equipment, example, you know, I'm hunting a lot now with the Aluminum Sky Spy, the mild day sits. 
Um, I'd like to tell you a little bit about my um, past Missouri hunt from a couple weeks ago when I came, but I was in uh, the Mac Daddy 22-foot ladder stand. If you're in comfortable equipment, it helps so much. I, I sat five straight days down there, you know, a couple weeks ago. And uh, if you got the right equipment and you've got the right mindset, um, that is really the best way, especially during the rut, you know, from pre-rut towards the end of October, right through, you know, November, mid-November, if more time you can be in the woods, the, the better chance you're going to have at shooting that real mature buck that you've always wanted or continue to always strive for. That, uh, that Mac Daddy is a great stand, that jaw and truss. I mean, I, I'm not a real fan of heights, and I'm a fairly good-sized guy. Um, and the only place I really feel comfortable in a tree stand these days is in a ladder stand, especially the, uh, especially the primal stands, because they do lock under that tree so tight that there's, it, it's really a joy to hunt out of those stands. Oh, oh, absolutely. You know, and that Mac Daddy is nice, too, because that, that's 22 feet in the air. You know, and some people that might be too high, well, Primal's got, you know, other ladder stands that, you know, from 15, 17 feet. But that lockjaw system, you know, from the old days of, of putting up a ladder stand, I mean, that was your most dangerous part is when you're trying to get up to the top to secure that stand to the tree. Mm-hmm. And that was, that's a very dangerous move. Well, um, another one of, you know, Bob's inventions, that lockjaw, you're, you're secure to the tree for climbing up that first climb then to you know do your official you know tightening secure down to the tree um but no primal does a great job on their ladder stand so like i said i was in the 22 foot mac daddy um in missouri i was in uh, literally hunting a mile from the iowa border i was in northwest missouri and i hunted five straight days and i had one last half day and i had unbelievable deer movement uh this was november 2nd through the 8th and it got kind of warm through some of that spell. And we, we fought some lockdown issues. I think the mature bucks were really locked down. But I passed up two 130s. I was at full draw on two 130-inch class bucks, which I feel blessed just to be able to do, to do that, but just not the buck that I was there to shoot. Um, but between the Mac Daddy and the Aluminum Sky Spy, the hangar, uh, yeah, that was five straight days, dark to dark, and just love it. Did you end up taking anything on that trip? I didn't. No, I passed the two 130s. Like I said, the deer movement was incredible. I I keep a journal, and I saw 20 different bucks. I mean, I had action pretty much, you know, within an hour to two hours constantly throughout that five and a half days. It was it was magical. And again, you know, northwest Missouri, a, a mile from the Iowa line. I was hunting a farm with not a lot of pressure. The corn had just gotten taken off around me. I mean, everything, the rut was just starting. Again, we were fighting some lockdown issues, but it was just, it was magical. Charlie, you talk about passing up 130-inch bucks. You know, for a lot of hunters, a 130-inch buck, it's going to be the biggest thing they ever see in their life. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, and for me is. I have, I'm not saying that I still wouldn't shoot a 130-inch buck. I mean, I I think for anybody, if they're happy with that buck, that gives them that feeling of that excitement, that thrill when they when they kill that animal. That's what it's all about. You know, again, I'm blessed to be able to travel and hunt a lot, and I've harvested a lot of mature bucks. You know, I know what I'm looking for, but, again, it all depends upon the area. You know, here in, in Lupton at our family farm, 130-inch buck, oh, my goodness, you know, you're getting in the newspaper. Um, so it depends, you know, where you're at. Um, and, and, again, Mike, when I was at full draw on those two in Missouri, 
Yes, of course, I would have loved to uh, put a tag on a buck, and I might be able to get back down there for a uh, late season if we had some, some some animals coming into some of our late season food sources. But those moments for me is still what it's all about, you know, to be able to have that moment, to have that beautiful, uh, I mean, 130-inch whitetail is an absolute beautiful buck, you know. So um, just very, very blessed to have them opportunities, and uh, I just love whitetail hunting. With the bow and, arrow. I, and I love to hear you talk about being so excited just seeing a quality buck like that because, you know, I, I think every hunter listening to this gets it, but anybody who's not a hunter, they might not understand this. You know, I, I've talked to people who, uh, you know, they say, how'd your hunt go? I said, well, I didn't get anything, but I had a good time. And they say, well, how could you have a good time if you didn't take an animal? But that's, that's, that's just the bonus. That's not what the ultimate experience is all about. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And and by far all my out West trips, you know, last eight years, you know, been hunting elk quite heavily. This year was the first time in seven years I haven't been with a bow and arrow out West chasing elk. But like some of my moments and we, you know, we had a talk, Mike, when I told you about that herd bull two years ago in Colorado and that, you know, I could hear him breathing in the oak brush, literally within (laughs) 20 some yards, but couldn't see him. And, you know, yeah, I went home. I was a little disappointed, but moment, is going to be in my mind forever. I can still hear him breathing right now when I tell the story. And it, it just, it makes me happy. It makes me excited to hopefully, you know, God willing, I can get out there and do it again sometime. But the moments that you have in the field for me, um, by far, I have way more of those than, than actual harvests. But but that's what it's all about. And, and you're right, so many people don't know, know that it's way more than just, a, you know, an animal being harvested. It's way more than that. So, Charlie, you went from Texas to Kentucky to Missouri, then what, back home to Michigan? Yep, back home to Michigan, and I uh, was able to hunt the rut a couple hard days here in uh, Ogama County. Had a a fabulous day at our our family um, property. We have 150 acres in uh, uh, northeast uh, Ogama County, and had seven different bucks that day, just one of those perfect days where you just know once you're there you if you can you don't want to leave um but i saw one really nice mature buck he was really hot on a doe had no interest in me i did did everything uh snort wheeze did everything possible he he looked at me once but that that was it um and then uh november 15th on opening day i hunted south of uh, of west branch had one encounter with a buck that um, was locked down with a doe in the, right in the middle of the field and uh, had a pretty good terrain where I where I thought I'd be able to try to, you know, make a good little, uh, you know, sneak attack. Um, some woods in the background where I knew some hunters were at, so I knew that I wouldn't be able to take a shot in that direction. I had one, one direction I felt safe in. He never gave me that safe direction. And I wasn't able to get a shot at him. And that was, you know, I was using a, a rifle for that hunt. And since the opening day, I've been just working so hard. Um, I haven't been able to do any more hunting. But I, I definitely have some plans to do some more hunting in late season. Um, yeah, I'd love to be able to get back to Missouri. Uh, we've got a great uh, food plot there that SMD are hitting. Um, and if I got a mature buck, I'd like to get back there. And I'm still hoping to... Uh, do some hunting in Ohio, and I still got that Kentucky tag too. So I, I love late season. I absolutely love late season hunting. So, so you're a long way from putting an end to this season at this point. Oh, 
I'm a long ways. And then especially, you know, January, you got Ohio um, goes all the way through January. Missouri goes through mid-January. Kentucky goes through mid-January. Um, we'll start racing snowmobiles in January, so that gets busy. But I always make time for some late season because I love that cold, cold weather over a food source. And I know that there's hardly anybody else out hunting. Negative 14 degrees two years ago in Missouri. I watched my cousin was videoing for me, my cousin Josh from Illinois, and his eyes were almost froze shut. (laughs) It was negative 14, Mike. But over a food source, late season, not much pressure. It's my, actually, it's about my favorite time of the year to hunt. And you're going to go from late season to racing sleds, and it's going to be time for turkey season before you know it. And then turkey season, yeah, absolutely. And then bear season, and then we started all and over then again. Bear season, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe we'll share uh, camp again. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'm going back up there. I don't know if I'm going to do a spring hunt this year or a fall, but I'm definitely going back there. Okay, great, Charlie. Always a pleasure. I enjoy your stories. I appreciate your insight, and you are a welcome guest anytime here on the Primal Podcast. I sure appreciate it, Mike. Thank you, and best of luck to you the rest of the fall. Same to you, my friend. We'll talk again. That'll wrap up this edition of the Primal Podcast. Again, thank you to Charlie Wilsey for joining us this time around. Uh, And if you want to learn more about Primal Outdoors, the company responsible for bringing you this podcast, the company that makes it possible, check out their website, primaloutdoors.com. That's primaloutdoors.com. My name is Mike Avery, and I will talk with you next time right here on the Primal Podcast. anglers search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv